On today's episode, we chat with Jared Wilson. Jared Wilson is the social media manager for Buffalo Wild Wings. Prior to that, he was on the road for several years with the Atlanta Hawks as a social media coordinator, following the behind the scenes, capturing all those moments, creating great content, and the importance of interacting with fans on a team level. Thanks for listening. Jared Wilson, social media manager for Buffalo Wild Wings, is my guest today. Jared, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you, Rob? Uh, life is good. Uh, I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about this. Um, you know, like I said before we jumped on, you know, social media and the jobs and careers in social media, social media management, content creation has been something that has really blown up and, and become forefront in the industry. Um, and I think having you as a guest is definitely, you know, we've been talking a lot about it, but now I have a real life person to ask a lot of questions to. <laughs> <laughs> Fire away, man. I'm ready. So let's talk about your career path a little bit. So you started off in the TV, um, working on digital and website development with Fox News. Yeah, yeah. So I actually majored in journalism in college and for the TV station that was owned by me. And uh, as a result of that gig, which I had for about a year and a half, um, landed my first job out of college working for the Fox TV affiliate in Colorado Springs. Uh, doing a bit of social media, um, but the primary role was web. Still new kind of venture for brands. So um, only kind of dabbled in social media toward the end of that. But uh, yeah, that's how I got started. And then you jumped over to the Atlanta Hawks. That's right. Yep. So talk about that, your role there, kind of what, what your role was and really what was it like day to day for you? <clears throat> uh, yeah. So um, I started with the Hawks in 2012 as the social media coordinator and, you know, essentially my responsibilities for all things day-to-day -day social, um, you know, covering the team practices, shoot arounds, games, events, uh, gathering content and then, and, and posting it as well as kind of working cross-functionally with other departments to make sure all of their needs were being met, all their stuff was, you know, all their promotions were kind of being handled and marketed in the right way. And, um, kind of being the, being the day-to-day -day contact for all of our, our social media brands. So talk a little bit about the strategy and, and was there different sessions that you would sit in and, and you would have, you know, from the content creation side where there's a direction or a strategy behind what content that you had to create or was it really flexible, you know, to what you saw at the moment? Yeah, it, it was a little bit of both. I, I guess I should kind of backpedal a little bit and say that uh, one of the reasons why I got the job was because my hiring manager and I, I think we're very much in sync about what we wanted the brand to be, um, how we wanted to kind of evolve and transform the social voice of the Hawks from being very much the kind of extension of its, of its PR arm to what, what we really kind of defined as the voice of a Hawks fan. And uh, along with that came all the kind of character traits that, um, that we wanted to really pump into the brand we wanted to be you know authentic and entertaining and engaging and 
um, informative and, uh, you know, all these things that, you know, basically we wanted to provide value for fans and make them feel like they had a reason to actually follow us and consume our content on a day-to-day. So to answer your question, as we kind of approached um, strategy and, and kind of day-to-day content creation, we, we had that lens and had that vision in mind that, you know, if this wasn't going to provide value for our fans, we aren't going to post it. Um, you know, there's a lot of places that people can get your standard press releases and news and stuff like that, but we wanted to really take the opportunity to build a social voice and put a spin on it. So all of our content that we did uh, was with that lens in mind. Um, and then I guess to kind of further elaborate on your question, there were times when, you know, we had to think about, you know, we have this promotion or this organizational priority and uh, how do we represent that on social media and how do we support it while still being authentic and true to ourselves and the voice we've created. So, um, so yeah, there was definitely some, you know, working with other departments and uh, making sure that, you know, whatever content we were producing kind of had our, our voice, our tone, but was also communicating whatever message organizationally that we needed to communicate. Oh, oh! I, I apologize. I had you muted there for a second. So uh, talk a little bit about, you know, what the day-to-day was like for game day, um, both home and away. Would you also travel with the team? Yeah, so we did a lot of that, especially early in my uh, career with the Hawks. Um, we, our department, uh, we, we kind of split it up amongst myself and a couple other people that were in our department. But, yeah, we, we did travel for away games. We did cover the team on the road and do all 82 uh the process was similar um obviously home games you know there's there's usually a little bit more in terms of promotion and kind of plug that we have to that we have going on um you know you have to think about the fan experience a little bit uh you have to think about kind of the other arms of the business in terms of retail concessions stuff like that uh but you know for the most part um you know we show up a couple hours before tip off um and you know we're kind of in content capture mode uh, the players get to the arena uh, two or three hours before the game. So, you know, capturing kind of behind the scenes and, um, you know, letting fans into kind of the back door of, of the Hawks preparation, um, getting them coming into the arena, getting them, um, you know, getting dressed, warming up, uh, you know, all the things that kind of go into a player's routine. We wanted to capture that as much as possible, um, but do it in a unique way. So it wasn't kind of the same every time. Uh, and then, uh, during the game, um, you know, same thing, obviously keeping an eye on what fans are talking about, um, posting live updates, highlights, uh, commentary, all that stuff, uh, you know, continuing to kind of focus on that, you know, what can we provide the fans that they aren't seeing on TV type of thing. Um, you know, we would post highlights, but we also wanted to post stuff that, you know, you can't see if you're watching the game at home. So whether that's a celebrity appearance courtside or, you know, taking our phones down courtside and giving some Snapchats of the action from a courtside seat or behind the basket or whatever. Uh, that's all stuff that, that we wanted to provide as kind of additional value for our fans. And then post game, um, you know, getting player reaction to the game, um, coaches' reactions, um, kind of putting up recap content, um, writing stories or putting together photos or cutting video highlight packages, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of all what, what you know, all went into the to a game night and road games were pretty similar. I think, um, 
you know, the difference being on the road being that, you know, we always had to, you know, think about, um, you know, this is an experience that, you know, the fans have no idea uh, about in terms of being on the team, playing the team bus, um, arriving at the arena, uh, all that stuff. So we tried to, you know, show as much of that within, you know, reason and within our kind of uh, internal rules and regulations that, that we could. So for sports fan, especially if you're a basketball junkie or if you're, you know, just a real passionate Hawks fan, obviously, you know, that is an ultimate dream job to travel with your team, to travel on the road with an NBA team, because you're not staying in motel, you know, motel eights and, you know, in your first class and charter planes. It's all, as you, you know, it's a whole different level. So talk about the, you know, the, the, the pros and the cons of that much time and effort and the travel and what are some of the, you know, what are some of the challenges? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'll start with the pros. Obviously, you know, traveling with the team is great. You get to go to a bunch of places you otherwise would not go to see a bunch of NBA arenas you otherwise wouldn't see um, network with your counterparts and other teams. Um, like you mentioned, you know, staying in the five-star hotels and, um, you know, eating meals on company dime and all that stuff is, is certainly a perk as well. But, you know, really at the end of the day, the best part about the traveling was um, exploring new cities and, you know, kind of being in the, on the front lines of, of giving fans access that, that they otherwise wouldn't have. And then, um, you know, there, there's, there's other perks too. You know, I, I always told myself uh, I'm getting paid to do what I would pay to do if I wasn't getting paid to do it. And that is, you know, sitting, sitting and watching a sporting event. Um, so that was, yeah, that was great. And if you're a sports fan, it's certainly an exciting job, a fun job, a fast paced job. Uh, you know, that said, you know, you hinted at some of the challenges. It's definitely a lot of hours, uh, a lot more hours than you're going to find in the standard um, position. Uh, you know, social media doesn't stop and increasingly so in, in the world we live in today, and you have to kind of understand that going in that, you know, you're going to be on the clock from, you know, the time people wake up in the morning and start checking their phones until the time they go to sleep and finish checking their phones. Uh, you know, people have their device in their hands 24 seven and, uh, you know, you have to be available and ready and kind of always monitoring during those times. So um, hours can be challenging. Um, you know, in the NBA in particular, the 82-game season can certainly be a grind. Um, you know, it, it spans six months, plus you've got, you know, preseason. And then, you know, if you're fortunate enough to make the playoffs, which, you know, we were all all five of my full seasons there, um, you know, that's another challenge. So, uh, you know, that that's all something to consider. Um, and then, I, you know, the other part, obviously, is that because it's sports, you know, it's, it's a very much a novelty, very much a – an industry people want to be in. And so, um, you know, it's certainly, if, if, if you want to go into this industry, you have to know that you're not going in it for the money. Um, because it's the, there's such high demand, they, they don't have to pay premium dollars to get people to come in who are eager and want to work hard and have the skills. So that's, you know, another thing to, to consider for, for people who, who want to be there. It's certainly not a, a high paying job by any standards. So let's talk about um, let's talk about what you're doing now. 
let's kind of segue over to, you know, Buffalo sure. Wild Wings. Now you're with a national well-known brand that's connected back to the sports industry. You know, you got some legendary commercials and we want to know who's the guy who actually has to flip <laughs> the switch for the, you know, the sprinkler systems to extend those games. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I think that I want, I don't know how old that is, that commercial now. I want to say it's a couple of years. I, I probably should know, but it is still one of the most talked about social media topics when people are referencing Buffalo Wild Wings. Every single time there is a close game, people are telling us on social to push that button to send it to overtime. And um, <laughs> with the NBA playoffs, we've had a lot of really great games this year already, and we're, uh, we're the beneficiary of that conversation because that's just something that we have a lot of equity in. So it's been a lot of fun to watch that. Um, and certainly something, if I can kind of hint it at future plans for our social, it's certainly something we're going to be taking advantage of down the road, uh, you know, as, as we kind of get in and, and settle in and get comfortable with, with this brand. But, um, yeah, it, it's fun. You know, it's interesting. This is the first time that I've ever worked for a national brand. Every other brand I've ever worked for has been a, a regional or local brand. So uh, there's a lot to learn about, you know, working for a national brand. There's a lot to learn about, um, you know, working in the restaurant business. So, uh, I'm excited. It's uh, it's a new challenge for me, and um, you know something that I you know, I think I'm ready for, and uh, you know certainly excited to kind of tackle it and get going. What's the big differences that you see right now? You know, I mean, because I think a lot of people associate you know B dubs with 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 a sports property. You know, so yeah. is there a lot of similarities? Um, I think that there will be as we kind of get going. Um, the person who actually hired me here at Buffalo Wild Wings was the same person who hired me at the Hawks. So um, I'm just kind of, you know, tagging along with him and following him around wherever he goes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the good thing about that is because we had such a similar vision with the Hawks and because of what we were able to do with that brand, um, you know, I think we're in lockstep about what we want to do here. And, uh, you know, it, it is very, very exciting. Um I think there are a lot of similarities. I think sports is definitely an avenue that, where we want to play. And certainly when you think of B-dubs, I think sports is definitely one of the topics you think of. But I think there's other topics that we're excited about exploring as well. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings is actually the number one pourer of beer nationally in the country, which is something I didn't know until I got here. So I think beer is a yes. big space where, uh, where we have you know a lot of room to grow and play. Uh, obviously, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings has wings and people are very enthusiastic about wings. So I think there's definitely some food content that we'll be, you know, producing and, and working with. And then, you know, I, I think as we kind of get into some of the newer technology, I know, we, you know, we've discussed gaming as, as an avenue where we can play. So I think it's a little bit more open than the Hawks were, where, you know, the Hawks had you know, there were some avenues, but, but it was mostly about the team and about sports. I think that Buffalo Wild Wings is, is a brand that allows for a wider range of content. Um, so that's, that's certainly something that's exciting. I think there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of possibility here. Um, and, and, you know, I, and I, the other thing I, I would say is there's a lot of passion for this brand. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've been here a little under a month now and, just in kind of observing the social conversations surrounding Buffalo Wild Wings, I would say that uh, there are a lot of really passionate people who are Buffalo Wild Wings advocates. And, you know, this is a, 
because it's a, a food brand and, and a restaurant brand, it's something that people crave. So, um, you know, with all due respect to the Hawks, uh, you know, the Hawk, it's not necessarily the case with the Hawks. Um, you know, people weren't always as enthusiastic about the Hawks as, you know, it, it kind of ebbs and flows as, as the team performs. But with Buffalo Wild Wings, there's definitely a consistent conversation around, you know, passion for this brand. So um, I think it's an exciting opportunity and something we can certainly leverage. So talk a little bit about, you know, what your advice would be for, you know, that that recent graduates who, you know, has got a sports management degree or very passionate about sports, wants to work in the industry. You know, there's and I talk a lot about there's so many different doors to get in. Um, it seems to be a very easy path or or a quicker path through the ticket sales office. Um, but your your traditional your path was what, much less traditional, and talk about the skill sets um, and you know what I think to work on that side of the business. What what are you guys looking for, and you know what, what are some of the skill sets that you need to be on the social media side? Yeah, it's a good question, and actually, it's funny you you say that because we actually just today. Uh, posted a job for a social media coordinator. So we're actually looking to grow our team and, um, you know, bring new talent on board. So, um, you know, we had a conversation about what we wanted. And um, I, I would say that with anyone I've hired, uh, you one, I think, you know, the obvious one is I, I want to see you having done something social media related from a management standpoint for a brand, for an agency, for an organization, um, even if it's volunteer or part-time or whatever, um, you know, show me that you have been able to manage social on behalf of a brand. Uh, show me that you understand the social networks, the differences between them, how each one can be utilized, um, the nuances of each. Um, you know, I want to know that I don't have to train you on the basics of how to use Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Uh, so those those things are really important, but I think there's also some some intangibles. You mentioned that my path was not a traditional path, and I would certainly agree. I don't think there are a lot of people who have kind of come into here who started in broadcast news or journalism or whatever. Um, I think marketing is probably the more common path. But um, you know, I want someone who is going to be a great writer, um, not just a good writer, but a great writer, someone who can wordsmith, someone who's creative. Um, who kind of knows internet lingo and kind of the language of social media, but also somebody who is from a journalistic standpoint, going to be not going to make consistent grammatical and spelling mistakes. Uh, I think there's definitely an art to writing in, you know, 280 characters or less, um, or in many times, even less than that, if you try to get your message across and um, with such a finite amount of space, I think, you know, really having that kind of instinctual talent is important. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's the advantage that people who have majored in journalism or communications or PR have uh, is they have that skill. And then, you know, a lot of it is just kind of instinctual, right? Like I, one of the first things I do when I look at resumes is I actually look at the person's personal accounts, whether it's their Twitter yeah. account, Instagram account, whatever. Um, I want to see how they use social media on their own um, mm -hmm. because it's one thing to, to manage it for an organization or a brand. And that's important. And that's 
certainly something that I want to see, but I also want to see like on their own, what's their own voice like? And do they do they use social in the way that, you know, in my opinion, it could and should be used for? Um, and are they, you know, have they developed kind of their own style, their own voice, their own brand? And, uh, you know, are they are they kind of the scours of the Internet, so to speak? Do they do they know what's going on? Are they keeping up with current trending topics and such? So um, so that's a really important part for me. And I think you can tell a lot about how a person is going to perform in a role like this just based on their personal accounts. So mm-hmm. I would say, I, you know, definitely take all those things into consideration. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so important. I talk, I talk about that a lot of, you know, what is your digital um, personality? You know, are yep. you talking to an audience? Exactly. If, you can't, if you can't build an audience with your family and friends, and I would joke with them all the time. I say that I'm 50 years old and I have organically, you know, it's not huge numbers, but over 2,000 followers on Instagram, right? And, but I don't right. put any effort into it except for repurposing some things. And I said, if, if you don't have that and you're 19, 20 years old, if you're not over at least 1,000, then you're doing something wrong, you know? And, and I'm not just, I'm just, and, and I know those aren't big numbers or, but, and I said, and unlock your accounts, you know, let people see what you're doing. And, well, um, and that, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Sorry. No. And, and so I think that the digital space, and I mean, some people are more natural at it than others. And some people are really, really, it's just an extension of their personal, their personalities. And those are the right. ones that have massive followings. And yeah. um, so I agree with that. I mean, there's, there's a trick to talking to an audience in a brand side um, that some people just have the natural ability to do. Look at look at Whoopi Pie. What Whoopi Pie has done, you know. And if if you don't follow that brand, I mean, it's amazing what they've done with just a a, a brand or a, a product. <laughs> you know, a, a little snack cake has a massive following because they know who their audience is. You know, and they're Correct. speaking to the audience. You know. And I think I, I mean, definitely a, great, a couple of points I want to touch on that you made. One, I completely agree. I think it is, it is so aggravating when I go to somebody somebody's account who wants to work in social media and their account is private. I think that's a yeah. massive, massive miss, and certainly yeah. something that young professionals should consider. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, that you mentioned that account. I, I think um, you know, for me, looking at what a candidate has done for a brand um Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily look at the voice because sometimes they're just doing what they're told uh, right especially at the lower levels if if you're looking at assistants or part-timers or interns they oftentimes don't have a lot of control over what the voice is they're just basically executing and so i'm not going to judge someone's ability based on how exciting or boring their tweets are on behalf of the brand that they're working for um, but more so just want to see, one, that they've been able to manage it, and two, that they're executing in a proper way, um, that, you know, they're they're using the channels the way they should be used from a technical and tactical standpoint, not necessarily from a voice standpoint. So, um, you know, that's just, that's my thought. Now, certainly um, those who are doing it on behalf of a brand or an agency or an organization with the kind of voice that aligns with the voice I'm looking for is certainly an advantage. But it's not a it's not an elimination factor. Yeah. It's good to know. How about um, editing, short form edit, video editing skills? Is that something you look for as well? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's always, you know, that's one of those kind of preferred skills that I, I think is, you know, you, you don't need to have it necessarily, but uh, in this day and age, um, you know, being able to edit short form video and real time video is certainly going to put you ahead of the competition. Yeah, content creation, content distribution, analytics, is that a different department or does that fall under you guys as well? Um, social analytics will fall, fall under us. Um, you know, company-wide analytics, there is a different department. But for us, um, we are tracking our own social analytics here at B-Dubs and uh, certainly that's a, a skill that, that I would highly covet from, from anybody who is going to be in this position. Um, and that doesn't have to be, you know, big time platforms or anything like that. I think there's a lot of value in, in looking at native analytics and seeing, you know, kind of developing trends based on that. But yes, under a basic understanding of analytics is definitely going to be something that this position would need to have. Awesome. Jared, thank you so much for your time. I, this was just nuggets of gold information for anybody trying to get into the sports media side of sports, um, sports or social media, I'm sorry, social media side of the business. And, um, you know, I definitely appreciate your time, sir. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This has been fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, um, my pleasure. So, Jared Wilson, social media manager, Buffalo Wild Wings. And, um, you know, I follow him on, on LinkedIn and he has some great um, pieces of information. So, if you, if I highly recommend, not if you, I highly recommend reaching out to him, connecting with him on his social media. What's your handle on social media? Uh, it's just Jared Wilson, J-A-R-Y-D-W-I-L-S-O-N. And then follow uh, B-Dubs as well and then connect with him on LinkedIn. So thank you, sir, for your, for your time and effort. And I'll be sure to next time I see you, hopefully find out who's flipping that switch. <laughs> I will try to get some answers for you. <laughs> thank you. Please do. <laughs> uh, Rob Thompson with Sports Dream Job Show. Our guest this week, Jared Wilson. Thank you so much, everybody, for See you next time. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Sports Dream Job Show. You can find more content on robthompsonlive.com. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.